Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's your old pal, Wilson. I hope you're doing all right. Um, we're in, well, I don't know where we are, midsummer, maybe? It's all happening, isn't it? Eh? You know? It's, I like the fact that when we go out, we have to we have to be kind of go, oh, good, it's the summer, so I better make sure that I'm wearing my Wellingtons, flip-flops, snorkel, snow jacket, um, and my sun cream. <laughs> oh, it's the joys of living on this, on this, uh, this rock we call Britain. Anyway, United Kingdom, sorry, there we are. Anyway, before we begin, getting into, we've got to, get the, got to do the admin, got to do the admin. And so, what we want you to do is become a patron. That's all we want, all right? And it's, oh, and it's effortless. It's a couple of quid a month, that's it. You just click on it, couple of quid a month, you don't even see that it's gone. It's it's so easy, and all it is, it just helps us keep the lights on. So a couple of quid a month, that's all we want you to do. Um, and so to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast, or through the link tree link, which is uh, in the podcast description, and all of my social media, it's in the bio, so you'll see, uh, click it will say link tree, click on that, and that takes you to my website, takes you to everything that we do, the radio show that we do on Islington Radio, it has all, everything that we do, and you can book producer Paul to be your producer, that's on there all my gig dates if you want to come and see me they'll all be up there as well um, and so that's what you need to do um, if you become a patron you get over 50 archive interviews you also get early access to our studio cam filmed interviews there's good so that's what I mean we film these now and you get them before everybody else so a couple of quid a month and you're ahead of the game that's it and honestly that's all it is a couple of quid fiver just you know just bung it our way and then that just helps us keep it going that's also go to patreon.com forward slash instead of the membrane podcast or click the link tree in my social media bios and away you go we watch lots of love we've got more stuff coming up as well that we'll be, we'll be giving out to patrons as well um so yeah watch this space we'll keep you posted about that anyway so yes that will be lovely so this week on insane in the membrane i'm going to be talking to vittorio angeloni uh irish uh, italian comedian who i haven't worked with him yet we've we were gonna work together and then uh i think he had to do something else so he, he, had, to, he had to pull out but i've been hearing some great things about him he's a very very funny boy every time his name comes up people go yeah yeah he's brilliant so I'm looking forward to working working with him in the future. It's really cool, actually, because you. I've said this before. You think everyone's got a handle on stuff. You think oh, everyone seems to be smashing it more than you. Everyone seems to be a bit more sorted than 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 you do you feel to be. 
But when you get talking to people, you go, oh yeah, you've, you've got your own shit going on as well. Everyone's got their own shit going on. Don't be fooled by social media. We've all got ups and downs. We're all all over the place. Everyone's blagging it. Everyone's blagging it. Me included. You know, it's just, it's all that. Everyone's up and down, round and about. You know, so don't be sitting there, or lie, don't be lying there on your bed going, oh, why am I shit? And no one else, everyone else is smashing it. Everyone's the same. We're all up and down, this way and the other. So don't beat yourself up. And that's what I love about this podcast. I get to talk to people, like, oh, you're smashing it. And then you go, actually, I've got this. We talked about agoraphobia on this one. And I wasn't expecting that. I don't think that's a subject that's come up before. I've certainly never spoken about it before. So I, I know, and I mentioned it in the interview, in the in the episode where I'm like, I only, I'm aware of it in as a, like a film version. But I've never really spoken to someone that's kind of suffered with it. So it was a really interesting chat. So that'll be coming up in a bit. So let's stop me waffling. And let's get on with the episode. Coming up in a minute is Vittorio Angeloni. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. So there's no, like I always say this, there's no big introduction. We just get into it. Yeah, that's it. Just chat away. Just chat away. I've been hearing good things about you, man. Well, it's 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 gone well, like quite um, maybe quicker than I expected it to. So right. just generally, so um, yeah, nice. Just trying to work hard as best I can and not piss anyone off. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, uh, you'd be surprised how easy it is. <laughs> I know for flip six. I know people are a little bit on edge it seems I don't know it's a, I, I, I love being a comic but now and again I'm like fucking hell chill out mate oh people just love drama don't they yeah yeah. it's all about much <laughs> how long you been doing it four years maybe coming up to four and a half five something like that yeah, I had cool. a weird start though I started emceeing before I did any sets well that's what I, that's how I did it I started that's what but that's what got me into a lot of places because most people, people need MCs. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you can MC, anyone listening to this, if you're starting out in comedy, MC, because that'll get you in places. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? it is handy. Sometimes you, it feels strange because you don't want to be in a little box because some promoters only ever see you as an MC then if you want to run some stuff, but it's not the yeah. end of the world. Yeah, and to be honest, it will it will organically morph into something that you'll get to a point where bookers will go, oh, do you want to do a set or do you want to MC? They'll ask you. Yes. And that's, that's where I'm at at the minute. They kind of go, well, you can, what do you want to do? Yeah, either or. It's nice to have that option. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's later on. It helps you find your, or like in, at least in, I, it feels like it helps you find your voice because when you're drifting between the crowd stuff and the material, it's hard to have too much of a persona on because yeah. the crowd stuff is so in the moment. And then if you have to make a big jump to suddenly do your material in some kind of heightened version that you weren't doing when you were doing the crowd work, yeah. audiences just freak out. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised what happens what has happened again your material will morph as well so if you're quite conversational as an MC mm. you'll you can then what will happen is you'll be able to kind of slide into your material so it makes it it's like you're just chatting yeah. and that's the best stuff like, yeah. isn't it yeah I love that I love that I love doing it I love making people laugh it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I want to do, just make people laugh. I yeah. just I got into this and I was like, Oh, you can make money making people laugh. Yeah, all right then. But then it a few years in, people are like, Well, what are you gonna do now? You go, Well, I thought this was it. They go, No, that is it. Yeah. Yeah, there's all this like this and people see me as quite a driven person. But I'm on, I'm just trying to carve out space to be very, very chilled out. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. I just want to push everyone out of my way and then I just go okay, I can just chill out and make people laugh now and I yeah. have enough money to crack on with. <laughs> um, where did you grow up? I grew up in Belfast, in, in South Belfast, in quite a nice, nice uh, little suburb. Yeah, okay. Because I, I obviously only know of Belfast for when I was growing up. Uh, yes, which isn't nice. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> to the point it was like, I remember going to Ireland when I was 10 and we were driving around and my dad... My dad was a, was a civil servant, and even he said, he was like, we're not going. We went as far as Enniskillen. We didn't go. Yeah, 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 up yeah. The, the west. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because I missed so much of it. Like, I, I was born in 96, so I know so little mm. about any, like, negative stuff. Like, there was the odd bomb scare and the odd thing of, like, don't wear that football top there or don't mm. like take off your tie and blazer if you're going to this area of Belfast so people don't know you or whatever. But that like it's just part of it and it, it didn't feel like it's not even a modicum of what my parents lived through or any of that no. stuff. So and also I was quite like grew up quite middle class, whereas both my parents were very working class. So it's it's a completely different experience on both of those levels as well. Mm. Have they spoken to you about it? Well, no, there's quite a disconnect, um, and I read a lot of articles about this, um, in that a lot of English people, like if I asked you what your parents did when they were growing up, you probably have like a few stories about like, oh, my dad did this, whatever. Mm. Um, we don't really have that, uh, and there's a little bit, of, and, it, and our parents often don't talk, talk to us about it just to almost protect, I think protect our generation from like, they're getting caught up in it because if you explain what happened then there's obviously like why were they doing that and then you can get caught up in the kind of tribalism of it so I think a lot yeah. of people of my parents generation just didn't really talk about it that much for a very well intentioned reason of like protecting us from it mm. but then um, there's a lot of statistics of like uh, more people have died 
of suicide since the troubles that never died during the conflict really and my generation in northern ireland has a huge spike in suicide and and mental health problems and some people think um it's because of that kind of disconnect with our with our parents generation there's always an elephant in the room and even as a kid you know when something's being unsaid Mm. um and but again it's well-intentioned so it's like yeah. I'd rather I was me than them. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you got your head screwed on. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. I, I have a lot of fucking... Because this is like a mental healthy thing, is it? Is this yeah, yeah, but it's more... See, this thing, a lot of people... When I say to people, people say, oh, you got your podcast. And I say, yeah, do you want to come on? And they go, uh... And they're a bit reticent to come on because mm. they go, oh, it's mental health and I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. And I'm like, well, it's not really a, it's not really a, um, a therapy session. No, you can be you can be as honest and as or you can be as open as you want to be. It's more like two guys having a chat in the pub. Yes, well, I think it's yeah. it's it's very important to be unsentimental about these things yeah. um, because you can really add a lot of gravitas to mental health problems, and I don't think that helps. No, um, like I see people doing an entire people doing hour long show about um, destigmatizing mental health, and it's it's there's too much taboo, and I'm like. Well, I feel like doing an hour-long show probably plays into that more than it pushes back against it because it's like, why is it worth doing an hour-long show about if it's yeah. just another like health problem? But I had, I've always had fucking terrible uh, mental health problems when I was very, very young. I was oh, really? um, agoraphobic, agoraphobic. I've never worked out how to pronounce it. I was always um, agoraphobic. Agrophobic. I was too scared to ask. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone was out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I had really, really severe anxiety when I was a kid, like missed months of schools. I was in like um, like therapy in, in the hospital when I was like nine and ten years old mm. um, the whole way through. Very, very scary stuff, very difficult stuff. Um, and... It's it's weird when like I don't really get anxious with with stage stuff and performing, um, yeah. but I had that growing up, so I do find it interesting. Like people going on their own mental health journeys, and I hear them talk about, "Oh, I do this for anxiety," and because I've been dealing with it and learning um, strategies since I was nine, I kind of have a bit of like a veteran view of it. I see people going, "You need to do this for your mental health," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't work." <laughs> <laughs> I promise that doesn't work. <laughs> but it's just it's just different things for different people, isn't it? For sure. You know, for sure. as you know. And so what what caused that then? Do you know? Just I don't massively know. I've had no. some therapists like uh kind of have a pop at what it might have been. Like it started when I I say it started when I even when I first went to primary school, I was kicking and screaming to go to primary school, but I'm sure that's a lot of kids. Um yeah. But uh, I went away on like a residential music course um, and had to come home and was like, I kept having these like anxiety attacks and panic attacks when I was away from my parents. Mm. And then it happened on like scout camp as well. And I was always like, I couldn't be away from family or the house for very long. Um, And there's all sorts of different reasons why that might be, but I think it's just something that I have and something I have to kind of like, deal with and reckon with and quite bad separation anxiety occasionally social anxiety really bad i get like hallucinations when i get uh really, really? bad anxiety yeah so yeah. i'll be like i'll be in bed and it'll be a a, cr- a crowded room of the room will become crowded with people like pointing and laughing and talking about me and, and I you can't can actually hear what see that say. yeah 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 
Um, so I, I, I would get them and obviously freak out because when you're lying in bed in your pajamas, you don't want like a crowd of people like pointing and laughing at you. So is that the ultimate um, stress stream? Yeah, and uh, and people have said to me like, oh, do you think that's why you do stand up? Because then it's just a crowd of people laughing, but like you're a bit more in charge of it. Um, and it, it could be, I don't know. I don't like to, I think a lot of people look for the reasons why they are who they are, but I don't yeah. want to view myself as just a series of like defense mechanisms. I, I enjoy stand-up comedy and that's why I do it and I don't need any more reason than that no. um, to be getting on with it. But yeah, I would have those. And then at its worst, and this still happens every so often, it's like I find it funny because it's so ridiculous. I get so anxious. It goes beyond agoraphobia. It goes to I can't open my eyes. Um, because I'm so I'm so out. scared of everything that the only place I can exist is in my own head. Shit, man! Which um, is I find so funny. Like it's so mad to be that scared. I suppose, I suppose on the other side of it, when you after after the episode, you kind of like that was a fucking. Okay. Oh yeah, it's not like looking back. You're like, what? Like why? And I, I, I just don't know why. But it's just one of these things that flares up every so often. But it's funny. It, the brain is such a, it's an incredible bit of kit. Oh yeah. But it does fuck you up. Like for sure. Like there's every time I noticed every time I did like if I gave money to to a homeless person, something bad would happen directly afterwards. <laughs> it's probably it's probably coincidence. I remember I've given money to people and then my phone got nicked an hour later. I've had another one where I gave money to someone, I turned around and my phone got knocked out of my hand and went under the train. Oh, and I no. couldn't get it till the next day. I've had I've had also I've given money to someone and then something it's always something bad has happened to the point when the the about just before all the lockdowns I, can't, I was in Pret and I bought a cup of tea and something else. And they gave me a hot rat. They went, oh, we're giving these away. You might, do you want this? And I went, oh, thanks for that. And anyway, I walked out and there was a guy sitting outside in the rain asking for money. And I went, mate, do you want this? They're just giving me this. Do you want this wrap? And he went, oh, that's amazing. Thanks. And then the whole world got locked down. And in my head, I was like, <laughs> did I cause this? Of course you didn't. That's so funny. <laughs> I love if your reaction got more and more, like you did created such an aversion in your head that you just like kick homeless people now just in case. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to yeah, reverse it. I might go do shit things. I remember there was once, I went to quite a lot of the matches in the, in the Euros, just gone. The ones at Wembley, anyway, because I'm half Italian, so I was mm. fucking loving it. Um, <laughs> so I went to Italy, Austria in the last 16. I went to Italy, Spain in the semi-final, and I went to Italy, England in the final, which wow. was mad. Um, Italy, uh, Spain, I went to, and it was that was maybe the, some of the happiest I've ever been. That penalty shootout, I was right, I was at the end in the corner where the penalty shootout was, wow. and it was just. I bawled my eyes out for like 20 minutes in the stadium afterwards, which is quite funny because I don't speak any Italian, but I had loads of like Italian men coming up to me being like, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> just making noises that sound like it. Yeah, literally that's me in the crowd of Italy football. My team's just going, hey! <laughs> <laughs> but they... Then I was on my way home from that match and I'd had a few pints, but like, do you know when you're that like adrenaline up and just so like ecstatic, you can't really get drunk. 
because mm. like you're just bu- like buzzing a bit. Yeah. So I was getting the bus home. It takes ages to get home from Wembley when it's been like a full stadium as well. So oh, I was going into town and then back out of town. Um, and I was just, I was just getting all the messages coming in of people saying, "Oh well," because this was when English people were still like happy for me, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because it was the semi final, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was getting all these. And I was just replying to me, and I was waiting at the last bus stop to get a ten minute bus to my house, and this was the last last bit of the journey. And I was just stood there, and I was stood at the bus stop holding my phone, and for a split second I go, "Is that a moped?" And then they just grabbed my phone oh, out of my hand fuck. and disappeared into, and I like ran after them but there was no way I was getting them and I was just like so I think something of going from so ecstatic to just like absolutely devastated mm. and I'd never had that happen before and it's something about it feels so disrespectful because like there's something honourable in pickpocketing do you know what I mean? The skill it's that it sneaky. takes to, yeah. yeah. yeah, I res- yeah. You got to respect it. But for someone to just have the disrespect to like basically look you in the eye and be like, that's mine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so bad. So I was like in floods of tears in the street. I was pretty drunk and I like sprinted home instead of getting the bus. Mm-hmm. And I remember running through the, I remember I, well, b- before I started sprinting home, um, I screamed, why can't I just have a good day? Something terrible always has to happen. And then while sprinting home, I was screaming in the street, all I've ever done is try to be a good person. <laughs> oh, mate. It just gets to you like that. It just, it's you so just get bad, the, man. I was talking before on another episode with Mike Cox, and I just said, sometimes I'll be in the kitchen. I just go, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my fucking best. I remember once in uni, my housemate came in and he went, oh, yo, this much for the water bill. And I just turned around and went, it never fucking stops, does it? <laughs> <laughs> we just paid this. <laughs> Money keeps going out. It doesn't come in. What's going on? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it does. It just gets to you. It just, it's Damn. funny you mentioned, because we've never really talked about agoraphobia on here before. Oh, really? No. And it, I mean, I don't know much about it. I only know from maybe films and things like that or things I've read where it's a case of they they mm. go to leave the house open the front door and it's all hustle and bustle and they can't they can't step over the step and out mm. so they shut the door I mean is it like that? I don't know because mine or your experience very much comes from like a, I think a separation anxiety so it was mm. quite linked to like my mum particularly and that's no fucking slight on my dad it's just what no. it happened to be like and um, it's so I don't know, like, because what's what's interesting about being, like, in so much, uh, like, mental health treatment when you're that young is I don't really know anything about what I was necessarily diagnosed as or what what the conversations they were having with my mum and dad were versus what they were saying to me, like, because it was all, like infantilized isn't the right word but it was like codified for children to understand so they would refer to it like they were like what does it feel like when you have a wobble because that was the terminology that we used and looking back like definitely either a panic attack or anxiety attack whatever way you want to phrase it that's what a wobble was yeah and it's like 
So I have a weird perception of it and I've had a notion and I don't even know how I would go about it and I've almost definitely missed the boat to like see if I could access my medical records right. from that time to just see what was being written about me and what they like, what they were treating or what they kind of thought it was. I only refer to it as agoraphobia because I was pretty much stuck in the house, mm. like couldn't go to school, couldn't do anything like for like chunks of time and it was never like a year in the house. It was like because I was always being pushed to go into school and try it for a couple of hours. And mm. even if I was at school, but just doing worksheets in a separate room to everybody else. So I was in like the office, um, like the waiting area of the principal's office, just doing mm. worksheets rather than being part of the whole class. Um, so mine always came from like, like I would feel physically ill. And it's what you were saying earlier about the brain being so fucking powerful that it's annoying. I, I get like a fever and like that hallucination stuff and like it, mm. it really becomes physical. Like I need to throw up and like start to feel very, very unwell. And I think that's partly because I think my brain worked out that that, that, did, you, that did get you off school. Right. If you yeah, were, yeah, yeah. if you had, were ill, ill. So my brain just like made whatever that, but through like sheer panic. Um, so there's all that stuff and it kind of flared up during the lockdown as well because I'd spent such a long time uh, unlearning all these irrational thoughts I had mm. about going outside and about crowds of people and about like entering the world Yeah, being like no that's not rational like it's all safe it's all safe it's all safe and then the government were like uh, actually you were right and I was just like oh no <laughs> everything's dangerous I, I was right to be scared of crowds of people and going outside and doing this and doing that <laughs> So I, it all rolled back and I, I um, there was a point in the pandemic I thought I was going to slip back into it, but um, really? yeah, and I think I was close. I nearly passed out uh, in my friend's garden um, with anxiety because uh, his like sister had like a fake graduation because they like didn't get one. Mm. So they had a few people around in the garden and it was the first time I'd, I, all I would do is I would walk the dog in the park and I, I wouldn't. I refused to go to the shops or anything. I was like, I'll do more around the house. I moved back in with my parents. Mm. I'll, do, I'll, I'll do more around the house, but I'm not going to the shop. I can't do that. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I went around to this like graduation thing and then I ended up sat. It was, they had like a little gazebo thing, like on a table. And I was just sat with a friend kind of at the edge of the, the open edge of the gazebo. And then people kept arriving at the table and going, oh, can you shuffle down a chair? Can you shuffle down a chair? Can you shuffle down a chair? And then I ended up at the in as far into the gazebo as you could be oh, yeah. with people all around the table right until me on both sides. Oh. And my vision was like tunneling and all this mm. stuff. And, I, and it was actually at that point where and it, I'm, I'm really glad that I did this. Uh, I On the car journey home from that, I said to my mom, can we do a comedy gig in our garden? Because right. I find that really hard. And I think if I don't, get back into this I'll never do it again yeah um, so you did a gig yeah we did like we did a whole I only had like four months off we did like a whole summer of um, we did seven gigs in my back garden to 30 people brilliant it was unreal we made a little mini documentary as well if anyone oh, wants to watch mate. it or whatever but it's like yeah it's really that was really exciting and it got me I don't remember the first one I was pretty much blacked out with uh, blind panic but um, <laughs> <laughs> I th I'm sure a lot of comedians resonated with that that first yeah. gig back you were like can I still do this uh, yeah I was standing there going I don't remember any of my stuff just I did like I did all new lemon. man I don't know why I was like let's do it. it's already scary <laughs> <laughs> craziness but when you're having the hallucinations, yeah, do you know that they're hallucinations? You go, oh, it's happening again. 
or yeah but it's really scary yeah 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 and uh, it was funny because it happens when i get um like physically unwell as well so if i have a fever i remember the first time i had a fever i was like i texted my mom i was like i've got a bit of fever she rang my girlfriend and was like just so you you know he might like swing for you in in bed because he'll like see you as some kind of fucking demon because I like yeah because it would happen like and I just I just like have these mad hallucinations when I have like fevers but then also when I have really bad anxiety so like my girlfriend had to be like prepped on like self-defense for helping Vittorio when he's fucked up (laughs) got a bit of a crash helmet on yeah it's funny man um (laughs) yeah so it is just um and they kind of fade in and out and then it's sometimes it's like that mix between like when you have your eyes closed you can see it and then it's like it's very very strange and hard to describe Mm. um the hardest to describe one is just that because it doesn't make any sense so i don't try and make it make sense to people no um like that one where i get stuck in my head like it, it is just imagine the most scared you've ever been but it's about nothing and you know it's about nothing Whoa. but you yeah, still have yeah, all yeah. of the same feeling of, of it um oh, jesus so it's yeah, weird. yeah 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 it must be it must be um my god it, it, it's, it's it's funny because my good my, we've been it's only 20 minutes into this podcast that i'm fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's how relaxed people get they just yeah, yeah. and it just spills out it's great but this is why this is why i love doing it because it, it's a safe space for you to just go and talk about all these things because yeah. someone listening i guarantee someone listening will be would have experienced if not exactly the same so very similar and yes, just I, by hearing one yeah. person talk about it will just change their life mm. i remember i met yeah. who did i i met somebody there's another podcast that we talked about it. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mild High Club. It's Dean Coglin, who's up no. in the Northwest. It's him and his girlfriend. Yeah. And his girlfriend would have been agoraphobic. And I remember when we met for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. Wow. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're both mad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's when, what amazes me, what I've learned from doing this is that We've all got something. Being a human being is such a fucked up thing. Yet we try and restrict ourselves to, or people around us try. They go, "This is how you're supposed to live your life." Yeah. This is this is the framework you're supposed to live in, and this is why we're all struggling because we don't really fit into that framework. Yeah. We've all got different things going on, different chemicals reacting with the other one, and this is what I think's weird about people. Are people keep talking about like? Oh, I'm neurodivergent. I'm this. I'm that. I'm like, who's the who's the guy who's just like normal? The psychopaths. They're, you know, they're, yeah, they're yeah. freaks, man. <laughs> they're the freaks. The ones that go, no, I'm fine. I've never met a person who I couldn't diagnose with something. <laughs> it's true. Everyone's got something. Yeah. Everyone's got. There's this weird feeling that everything is just you know you're this or you're that or you're that yeah. everyone's everyone's got a bit yeah. of this and a bit of that and all depending on your mood and your blood sugar levels oh i like it allowing myself to be different every single day yeah not having a fixed idea of who you're supposed to be i if, i don't know anyone that's you know, the people that i do know that are kind of go this is who i am yeah. You go, well, you're a bit of a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I find that even with stage stuff, comedians go like, "Oh, I'm I'm quite a low energy comedian. I don't think I'll do well at this gig." And I'm like, "Well, sometimes don't be." 
Yeah, change, do something else. You put just, a bit of, if, if a room needs more energy, like maybe just do that. Yeah, you're always expecting the audience to come to you rather than yeah, man. you go to them. Put well, a shift in for once. Yeah. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roll your sleeves up, dickhead. <laughs> I, um, there's, and there's a need as well at the moment, it feels. Everybody wants, everybody wants a thing. And takes the pressure off yeah and you're like well maybe i don't know maybe you're just a bit you'd like, you'd like we've all got a bit of something yeah i don't like it, to yeah. um lean on it too much uh, like because i just think it's something i deal with something that happens to me every so often but some people have it worse some people don't have it quite as bad or oh, everyone has different things um but it's it doesn't define me in any way no this is it we've all we all have moments where we go. I don't. I can't face. I can't face going out. I can't face. No, I'm not saying that's the same as agoraphobia, but no, yeah, but it is that. You have element. Yeah, you just kind of go. Oh, I, don't, I can't face. There has been a confusion between the emotion of anxiety and the diagnosis of anxiety. People go, oh, I've got anxiety about like this job interview I have, and I'm like, yeah, you should. You're supposed to. It's a job interview. Yeah. It's your brain going. This is an unusual thing we're about. It's to important, do. and there's yeah, it's just, consequences, it's a, and there's yeah. Exactly. There's a danger, so you've got to be aware. Be aware. That's all. That's all that is. Yeah. Anxiety is part of your alarm system. It's kind of going. All right, this yeah. is a weird situation we're going into. Let's let's just be aware. Let's just be careful. See what see where the dangers are. Yeah. But people want to get rid. They they think that, that their life would be better if they just get rid of all that. And you're like, no. You no, need, you don't want to. I've always, and I don't know anyone else's journey or experience with it. I've never um, done any of the medication stuff for mental health and that's partly because for whatever reason i th don't think my mum was into it we tried literally everything else and i have done every therapy oh, really? that you could imagine <laughs> i've done art therapy where i went in and they handed me a piece of clay and were like make your feelings and i was like what was are you that? talking about <laughs> just roll into a ball and throw yeah. it at you. <laughs> i remember once they gave me like a, a big because they, they would basically give me a different medium every week for art um, or art therapy mm. and they give me a big like A2 bit of paper and like uh, some markers and it was around that time I don't know if you had this when uh, being good at bubble writing meant that you were like the coolest person in yeah, the class we had that at so, school yeah. so all I did was practice bubble writing by writing every person in my class's name in bubble writing and the art therapist was like and what does this mean and it was like I'm just practicing bubble right now. I just want to be cool. <laughs> yeah. But I've done like crystals and stuff. Like I've laid there with different crystals on all my chakras and had a woman waving crystals all over me and all Did that shit. Did you feel anything? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've done, um, she tried like hypnosis tapes and all that stuff. I hated them. I don't like them. They kind of freak me out a bit. But yeah. um, all sorts of mad stuff. Um, but for whatever reason, I just never, never had that um, kind of chemical intervention with uh no. medication and look i don't i don't uh i don't know what works fine it's all different for different people but i think uh partly because of the lack of funding um it's much easier for a doctor in the nhs to go take this it'll help mm. whereas i think that they even know that it's not the it's not the ideal solution but oh, I, I don't think the nhs is at this point where it's offering the ideal solution for many things no well, um, unfortunately no, well, this is it. They're not. 
well, it's like a Band-Aid, isn't it? They're just putting yeah. it. They're just putting a Band-Aid over a massively open wound. It's not <laughs> adequate. Yeah. Enough. And it, and that is it. It's that it's easier just to just bung people on sertraline or whatever it is. Yeah. And, rather than dealing with the real issues, which is society in general. And that happens with physical stuff. I've got mates or doctors who are telling me about. They get the same people coming in with chest infections week after week after week, and they'll give them a course of antibiotics, course of antibiotics, and that's hundreds of pounds of antibiotics. Yeah. Like, and the, my mate, who's a doctor, is like, if we just paid their heating bill, their house wouldn't be damp, and they wouldn't have chest infections. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. it costs the costs the government more money to spend less money, if that makes sense. Absolutely, it does, and it's that it's that if you start taking care of people. The rest will will fall into place. Yeah. But they're so they're so hell bent on. Well, they just can't bring themselves to help people. It seems. They're it's like, strange because it's wanna, you know yeah, they just need to look slightly further down the line. Like, look, if these people are impoverished and they don't have enough food, then they're gonna eat cheaper food, which tends to be fucking the worst for you. And if they're working yeah. three jobs, they don't have time to cook, so they're just getting fucking terrible fried pigeon from around the corner, and they're. And then they'll be unwell and then they'll have yeah. to go into hospitals and then the NHS is crippled by all that stuff. And it's just have having slightly more foresight, no matter what your political leanings are. Like, I think that's the way to do it. I think people like get into a real phase of just calling Tories pricks. But I don't yeah. think that actually like pitch it in a way they care about money. So you need to pitch it in a way that's to do with money to be like, yes. hey, do you want to save money? give people universal basic income it doesn't seem intuitive but here's the breakdowns of the economics of how it works yeah and that's i think that's a better way to do but it but this is it and it'll only go back into the system anyway oh yeah so, you know so you're not it's not like you're giving money and we're all gonna sit on it like you lot do like you fucking like, yeah smog and yeah the fucking smog mountain. sliding around on gold <laughs> coins <laughs> <laughs> but this is it like you say it's social side they don't take care of people no. and if they did it, things would just improve vastly yeah. but they're just so petrified of oh, but they know that they can play on people having a shit time by blaming it on somebody else yeah 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 which is then just means they stay in power longer isn't it it's like, yeah. oh god but this is this I, I did I was on antidepressants for a bit very briefly how did you find it just it just made me feel nothing which, and I mean nothing yeah, I don't across the board, and I didn't want that. I remember I've said it before. I was at a festival, and I was on I was on antidepressants, and then I took some illegal substances, and it didn't. Nice. I didn't. It did, yeah, what a fucking mixture. <laughs> but it didn't. It just. I was just completely level. I didn't yeah. go up. I didn't go down. I was up walking around like I don't know wherever it was, um, <laughs> Creamfields, talking yeah. about mortgages, and it was it's like just, that thing where. Um, what is it in Silence of the Lambs? You know when he eats that guy's nose and they're like, his heart rate didn't change. That's yeah. psych like that's what psychos are like. Yeah. It's what you said. Like these these like everyone's so scared to have an up or a down and there's that that's where the stigma lies. Like just Yeah. You gotta feel something. I know that it, it like yeah. some people's ups and downs are too are unmanageable and that's another thing, but yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't know. I've, I don't have any personal experience about that stuff, but I've always tried to find a way to not. But there's almost—I've seen a few people that they love—they love having meds and they love talking about meds. Yeah. And, and I want to say to them, like, come on, this can't be your. 
this can't be your life. Yeah. There must be something, but they're like, oh, I've got these meds I'm trying, and I've got, and I've got this, yeah. the meds for this, the meds for that. And you go, but you're now obsessing about the meds you're on and what you've yeah. got, and and that can't be your personality. There's too much, there's too many other And people, there. this is like mildly controversial, but I think people just don't like to be confronted with it. I know a lot of people, friends of mine, um, who will say that, oh no, I've tried everything else, medications, anything that works for me. And a lot of the time they're lying. Yeah. Because they haven't tried everything else. And sometimes that's because they can't bring themselves to get out of bed and go for a run. And I'm not going to be one of those people no, that says, no, no. just go for a run. But I think from experiences that I've heard is the, the best experiences of people taking medication that I've heard is that they use the meds as a stepping stone. So they use the meds to get them to a point where they can get out of bed and they can yes. start to take on some of those other um, more uh, like lifestyle-based um, adjustments that they can make to help with that stuff. Because people like to say that they've tried everything. But listen, some people have like foods that make them depressed. Like if you've got a certain kind of gluten intolerance, your gut can affect your mind so yeah. much. And I think like... I just know them and know they haven't cut out different foods and tried different exercises and tried this and tried that. And I know that depression can get to a point where you can't try those things. And that's why I say like that stepping stone, I think that's where meds are very, very useful to get yeah. you to a point where you can try stuff that isn't just kind of medicating yourself um, the whole, the whole time. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I know what you mean. That's, that's a great point, but taking them until you get to a certain point, yeah, but the people go, oh, I'm on these now, and that's going to be it. I'm going to be, I'll be sorted for life. You're like, well, I remember once I was at an an open mic. It was probably like, do you know, do you remember Funny Feckers? Yeah, uh, Wes Dalton ran it, and yeah. it was where I did my first gig actually. So I've have a lot of time for Wes. Oh, Wes um, is great. I love Wes. Yeah, and I remember it was a bringer, and so my girlfriend would come along as as the bringer often to to these early ones. God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> poor cow. I know. <laughs> and we were at this show and we were upstairs and we were stood. It was me and my girlfriend and two comedians. And I won't name the comedians, but they were like kind of open mic comedians, right? And they were, while we were in the group conversation, they weren't really talking to us though. They were both just having an argument with each other about who was on more mental health medication. <sighs> and my girlfriend grabbed my arm and went, um, you need to get better at this fast because I can't keep coming to these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's the motivation you need. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've, I've been, recently I've seen gig. I've been at gigs with, with comedians and they're first, they're like opening five minutes. They're talking about all that they got. Well, I'm this and I'm that and I've got this and I've got that and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, all right, I get it, and it's not cool. To, but who are but, you? Yeah, exactly. And the fact that what you should be doing with your comedy, just tell the jokes, tell the stories, and from what you're saying, we'll work out all yeah. of these other things. You're giving it, like Jeff Innocent, I was with him the other night, and he teaches comedy, and he Show said don't tell. Show don't tell. That's it. And it's brilliant. And it's hard. This is what people do. Of course Showing, is. not telling is very fucking difficult. Yeah. But that's why it's good. Yeah. And then people figure it out. <laughs> yeah. They're going to figure out what your politics are. They're going to figure out your sexuality. Yeah. They're going to figure it all out from what you're saying. And audiences get a real buzz off of that 
puzzle figuring that out yeah because they go ah i've got the measure of this person yeah, now. yeah i know yeah, yeah. i know what they're about i've figured it out and it makes them feel better it's- well even in conversation if you meet someone who's constantly declaring what they are i'm yeah. like yeah like you're probably just a dickhead like do you know what i mean like <laughs> i i much prefer an authentic dickhead like i've mates who are dickheads but they can't be anything else because that's who they are. Yeah. And I prefer that to someone putting on some kind of performance for me. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't know who I'm talking to right now. No. I don't need to. And I, say, I said this to my girlfriend when we got together. And I think it's something I'm quite proud of. Of like, I said, we both have to come in with, um, when we're like disagreeing on something, we both have to come in with 100% what we want. Don't pre-negotiate in your head before you enter the conversation because then we're two fake people having an argument in between two real people. Because if I assume what you might want and then go in with that, then you're assuming what I might want. And then it's two people, two people who don't exist compromising to each other's (laughs) things. And I'm like, no, we both have to just be selfish dickheads when we start the conversation. And then we can get to what might actually work with the two dickheads. But being honest with yourself yeah. and say, look, this is what how I want. This is what I'm after. And, and yeah. yeah, 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 that's it. And I've, yeah, it's been like that with, with, with my new missus. We're just really open about things. We do talk about everything. Yeah. But it means that we're not shouting at each other later on. It's like we, we, we kind of, when something happens, we talk about it straight away. We call them, um, we call them small dragons. Me and my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So there's a story, and people don't like him, and I think he's gone off the rails recently, but I used to find him quite helpful, and his name's Jordan Peterson. Yeah. He um, he told this story once of, um, a, there's like a little like kid's book about a boy who has a, a tiny little dragon under his bed. And he went down to his mum and said, oh, there's a tiny dragon under my bed. And his mum goes, dragons don't exist. Go to your room. He goes upstairs and the dragon's a bit bigger than it was before. It's maybe the size of a dog now. He's like, oh, and he goes down the next day and he says, oh, that dra- that tiny dragon's like a wee bit bigger. It's kind of the size of a dog. His mum says, dragons don't exist. Go to bed. Goes back up. The dragon's like as big as the boy now. And the boy goes down the next day and goes, what? This dragon's fucking, it's, it's bigger yeah. than me now. Mum goes, dragons don't exist. Go to bed, right? Goes upstairs. The dragon has, is filling his whole room. And he goes downstairs and goes, Mom, listen, this dragon's massive. And she goes, I told you, dragons don't exist. Go to bed. And then by this point, the dragon is filling the whole house. And the mum goes, oh, it's like getting in the way. She can't get out the door, can't do anything she's trying to do while she's trying to ignore this dragon existing. And she goes, oh, flip sakes, this dragon's really annoying me. And then the dragon just gets a little bit smaller. And she goes, oh, right. And so me and Izzy have the... um, my girlfriend, uh, we have like a little thing where we go like, oh, this is just a tiny dragon before it turns into a big one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a very helpful thing. And I'd rather that because I've lived in a house with the fucking yeah. dragon, the biggest dragon yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to make this smaller. And it's funny mentioning Jordan Peterson. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, it's gone off the rails. It's not a mad one. Yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah. Nobody should be tweeting that many times a day. He's no. like 30 times a day at the minute. You're like, bro, chill. Yeah, take it down a few. <laughs> like, he's a millionaire, man. And I'm like, yeah. why are you this wound up? Yeah, 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 relax, man. <laughs> but it's like everything. There's some, you know, if you quote anybody, 
people go, yeah. oh, well, you're obviously into him then. And so your view is this, this and this. And then I can't talk to you anymore. You go, no, he's just, there's been a few things that he said over the years where I've gone, oh, that's pretty interesting. That's helpful, yeah. There you go, oh, that's pretty cool. But I'm not, but I, there's, there's loads of people like that. You go, oh, that's yeah. all right. Oh, that's a bit much, but that's all right. And I think that's yeah. this need to be straight down the middle and not listen to, you can't listen to that person or that, you know, someone with opposing views, can't listen to them. And you go, well, I have to listen to them because then yeah. I know, it strengthens my views. Yeah, you and know? I, like, I, it's a bizarre thing because people are, really want teams these days. Mm. Like, and I remember a comedian said to me, I mentioned a comedian who's like a mutual friend because they were doing that comedy unleashed, that free speech comedy. Oh, night. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and this other comedian said, oh, I didn't realize they were on that side. And I went, well, yeah, well, like they are just doing a paid gig for yeah, money as a comedian. A like, yeah. And I get that, like, I don't agree with everything that free speech thing does. I also don't agree with uh, everything that, like, Quantum Leopard does. I think some of the stuff that they do is, like, on the other side of, like, yeah. the, the you shouldn't joke about this, you shouldn't joke about I mean, if anyone's seen my act, they know that it's, like, that's not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> that kind of guy. Somebody messaged me on Instagram today and said, I've watched a lot of your stuff and I can't work out if you're a prick or not. <laughs> I was like, I was like, perfect. That's what that's you exactly want. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. And people really want all these teams because they want you to align with everything and there's a strange thing at the minute where it's like oh being left wing means you believe in this 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 and this and i'm like i thought left wing was a purely like economic thing that we were talking about i thought we were just talking about kind of the broad sense of like spreading wealth more equally but mm. apparently it's about all these social issues as well and then right wing means this that and the other right wing means you're anti-gay marriage even though that's definitely not true of all right wing people yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just like the same in the other direction and but people just want these teams and it's gotten to this very strange point where like every so often I'll, I'll see an interesting guest is on Joe Rogan's podcast and I'll be like, ah, I've listened to that. Often mm. a comedian because they're just talking shit or whatever and I find that funny. And I'll be sat on the tube and I'll take out my phone and I'll like look around to see if anybody's looking <laughs> to see if I'm listening to the biggest podcast in the world. <laughs> like how's that happened where it's the biggest podcast in the world and i'm like oh i hope nobody sees that i'm listening oh, to this yeah 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 they don't let you have the they don't they don't they don't think that you know because you're not listening to everybody on there and there's a lot of things oh. that joe rogan says and you go well you're not going to him for science about? advice <laughs> <laughs> no not at all but it, like you said it's the odd guess like, yeah, Ted Nugent on there. And I just was aware of Ted Nugent's music when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I was like, and I knew that he was a little bit, it was, you know, he's off on his own fucking, mm. what, you know, off on his own world. So I thought, oh, that'd be an interesting one. And I was listening to it. And it's really interesting. It's funny. Yeah. But you wouldn't, I'm not going, right, Ted Nugent for president. Let's, no. let's follow him <laughs> in the back. You're like, he's fucking mental. He's, he's mad. Yeah. Mad as a box of frogs. Yeah, like. and you go, but that was an interesting thing I listened to. Yeah. And it means now, I'm like, well, I don't believe what he says. I don't I, I don't believe the same things. You know, I'm... I, I like listening to it. I used I to do a thing where I would think of something that I believe about something, and then I would just type that into Google and then write the word debunked after it. And I would right. watch whatever YouTube video like disagreed with me most. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I want to know what the other guys are saying. Exactly. I want to know. I want to listen to everybody. It doesn't yeah. just because I'm I'm. I've watched videos on Hitler, but it was only because I wanted to find out exactly what had gone on. Oh, he got to be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was Hugo Boss, wasn't it? We all know that. 
I'm not going. I'm not watching them going. All right, let's get some ideas. Let's see yeah. how you like. I want to watch one of the most evil people in the world to find out exactly what he did. Because he's a person. See. Because this is what people don't like. He's a person, and all the best things that people have ever done, I think we are all capable of. So we can all do a great amount of good in the world. Mm. But all the bad things that people are capable of, we are also capable of. So like, it's about reckoning with that, like, your potential for badness as well as your potential yeah, for yeah, good. Yeah. And yeah. I find that really interesting to look at the... And that's why people love these murder documentaries. They love Like, them. really? Whereas, but when it becomes about politics, it's different. Like, you have to go so evil to the point where it's like, obviously, you're not going to murder anyone if you're watching all these documentaries. But I listen to a podcast with a guy who I disagree with, and it's like, well, you must be a bad bastard. <laughs> you're like, <"No." laughs> oh, if you're listening to him, you must believe, you must have yeah. the same beliefs. And you're like, I yeah. don't have the same beliefs. I, end, I find it, it's entertaining listening to some of the people that they have on. Yeah. And, then I, and, then, and then I come away from the podcast and I go, huh. Oh, okay. Well, he believes that and he believes that, but that's not what I believe in. Anyway, I go about my day being as yeah. as decent as I can to everybody. I get I, so stressed about this team stuff, though, man. Yeah. Like, in comedy, particularly. Like, yeah. I really worry that the really, like, left-wing or, like, woke, for want of a better word, I worry that they hate my stuff because some of it's a bit whatever, but I also think that the people on the right think I'm some fucking snowflake guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I don't know where to, I thought we were just, like you said at the start, I thought we were just here to make people laugh. Mate, I said it on Twitter the other day. I said, should a, and I've asked comedians this in green rooms, I was just curious, should a comedian be political? Like, when it comes down to their comedy, should they be sort of left or right? Shouldn't they be kind of looking at the whole system yeah. and going, the whole thing is fucked. The whole yeah. thing is a joke. And yeah. then someone, people come back to me and then someone said, oh, I'm a female comedian, an American female comedian. I have to be political because of what's going on. And I went, no, 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 no. You're not, you don't get what I mean. I'm not, absolutely, I'm not talking about that. I mean, that's, absolutely, we should all be standing up against that. But that's personally, but I'm talking about on as stage. a comedian. Yeah. Like, the, way, the, reason, the, way, the reason that South Park worked so well is because they mocked everything. Yeah. Left, right, middle, everybody got it. And I'm like, I should be should that not be a bit more what comedians are like? Yeah. You know? But I'd like to do two shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. One <laughs> that's like super lefty, like shitting all over the right, and then just the same show that covers the same topics in the same order. In but the other direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just do <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you don't. That'd be a great. That'd be great. I'd come and see both of them. That'd be funny. Release it as like a double special one day. Yeah, and then just... that'd be good fun. <laughs> and then just yeah, and then you come away going, it's the same show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the exact same. But I, do you know what would be funnier if it wasn't two different hours? If it was the exact same hour but branded and marketed differently. Oh yeah. So each day it was like left, right, left, right. Left, yeah. Right. So you do like the. One poster is like me with duct tape over my mouth and it says like cancelled comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but then one it's like me in a waistcoat going like <laughs> like shrugging. Going yeah. like <laughs> going like fighting for your rights or something, do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like it's the exact same show. so but it's the exact same show and then a different crowd comes every day and I laugh at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think mean, that's it. I think people are getting, we're all getting too caught up in trying to get likes from our little tribe, like you said, our team. 
Then I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna comment on this. I'm gonna look, and then I'm gonna screenshot it. And I'm gonna retweet. And go, look what I did. Look what I yeah. did. Go, oh yeah, all my and all my little clique are going. Oh, well done, yeah. well done. And you're like, do you know what? The world's fucked. It's all fucked, and <laughs> we're getting more fucked by the day. Yeah. <laughs> this little shitty thing that we're fighting over now is it ain't gonna matter because soon, like you said, we're gonna be underwater in a bit. So yeah. let's fucking let's stop all this shit and start pulling together before we wipe ourselves out we're going to not be here and none of this will matter because we'll be too busy trying to get likes from our little mates it's fucking mad I, do you know I deliberately hemorrhage followers sometimes oh, <laughs> so see if I have a particularly like uh, in whatever direction whether it's like a particularly like um, like a laddie bit of crowd work mm. goes on and it like might be interpreted as like potentially misogynistic if you view it in the wrong way or it might be this or it might be that mm. And I think if I get like an influx of followers and I'm like, oh, don't know if they are nice people. They got it, I'll yeah. deliberately post a poem that week just to be like, <laughs> some of you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's test this. Let's see. Let's see what you're about. And a lot of them leave because I'm, they're like, I don't come here for poetry. I came here for misogyny. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> what sex is bullshit? What's yeah. that fucking rubbish? How dare you give a shit? I wanted to call them women in the crowd sluts. Actually, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think I don't know. I, don't, I hope I hope we get to a point where we figure it out. But it doesn't. At a minute, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like we're all. No, we won't. No, we're not going to, are we? It's over. You just need to read him. Um, have you ever seen? Uh, do you know Eddie Pepitone? Yeah. Oh, he's the man. He's the it, only. Yeah. He's mental, but he's the only one with his head screwed on. Like his tweets, where he's like, "Everything's ending. Shop at Arby's." It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, there's been a few of them. They've gone, "Yeah, run your credit cards up. No one gives a fuck." Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be fighting over cucumbers in a bit. So. Mate, I love to be fighting over cucumbers. Do you think you would do? I was talking about this in the podcast recently. Do you think the the actual collapse of society would remove stress in some way? I no, because then you're having seen only, only. I can only base this on the movies I've seen, but it would be then it's real, really survival of the fittest. And but then really, you're not getting anxiety. Do you know what I mean? You're just like actually fight or flight surviving. all the time. Do you know what I mean? And then so you, can't like, trust, you can't trust the people you're with. I mean, look at the, I can't the trust the people I'm with now. <laughs> <laughs> what am I saying? I know, yeah, it just, it just amplifies it. Because <laughs> I just think so much of my stress, and I think a lot of people's stress, comes from trying to fit into society or what Absolutely, that society expects of you. Yeah. If society collapses, I'm like, oh, I just have to like forage for nuts and berries and kill the occasional marauder. Do you know what? I do look for places to live. When I'm out and about and I go, what if it did collapse? I'm like looking at the sides of like the railways yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. I'm like, oh, there's like these arches. Yeah, oh, yeah, you could view build points, a camp. You could see people yeah, coming. Yeah, this is up high. <laughs> yeah. I'm, on the, I'm on the viaduct. And there's a water source down yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's that. that. I can do that. And then there's, oh, okay, yeah, we'll be fine. There's the supermarket there. We'll raid that till it's empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But in charge, you know what'll happen though? I'll be the first one to get killed. I'm being all thinking I'm gonna be like one oh, of the man. leaders. I'll be the I first one to get my head caved in. My mate, uh you've probably gigged with John Maher, have you? Oh yeah, I have, yeah. Irish guy yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a really funny bit and I won't try and spoil it too much, but basically like if the war does escalate and like 
like bombs start dropping you'll just see him on a bar spike like cycling towards wherever the bombs are dropping just trying to header one of them <laughs> it's getting his over and done with you think i don't want to survive <laughs> the nuclear holocaust the nuclear winter holocaust the nuclear yeah. winter where it's just wiped out and you're the only one left. it just yeah someone else said the other day they're going oh what if this is you and someone else and then you got to repopulate the planet you're like yeah but all right the initial bit you two having sex that's fine and then the kids come out but then they're going to be yeah, what yeah. you think they're, they're going to be brother and sister yeah what are you talking about <laughs> repopulate the planet with idiots yeah <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. a club foot yeah 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 you know, well that's how, what do you think this is good how do you think it's going to go down <laughs> i think i would just find i, I think if he got to that point i'd find all the drugs and then just oh man i just go out swinging just go out with just off my head yeah. just walking up to the zombies going Yay! yeah you're both doing the same thing with your jaw <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't work out who's who <laughs> no, no. wilson's been bitten no no he's on his nut on skag <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh so mate this has fun. been great victoria well done thank man. you so this much for having me man cool. um but how are you are you so you're i suppose it's an ongoing thing isn't it you just, just yeah no I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a pretty good place right now my girlfriend's absolutely wonderful at helping yeah. me out with all that stuff um and i'm really enjoying gigging and i'm i am like i said i'm just trying to create space for myself because i know i have a particular set of things going on with me and i need to create a life for myself where i can just exist with a bit more peace mm. um, than maybe I would in a normal job that I wouldn't be able to quite cope with. So I'm just trying to create that space of like not too frantic. And that's why I'm just focused on like building my own audience and then I can just book my own tours. I'm not waiting for anyone else to say yes yeah. or no or any of that stuff. I just want to do my own thing and crack on with it. And then if I want to gig more, I can gig more. And if I want to gig less, I can gig less and I can just look after myself i don't have anyone like and i've just signed with an agent but i, th I think he's aware that i i'm not someone who needs pushing like i'll work hard mm. um but i know i just need to kind of monitor that myself i think we're with the same agent or same agency and i'm the same yeah just get on with it and then yeah let him catch up when he's ready <laughs> yeah you'll make money at some point mate, yeah you? he'll get to it yeah yeah, yeah. I'll just, i'm just gonna crack on and then you just yeah whatever and just keep up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Vittorio where can we find you online uh, Instagram is at Vittorio Angeloni so it's TikTok if you're 12 um, <laughs> Twitter is that Vittorio um, that's probably all the best places to find me if you're at the fringe that's my main focus at the minute 5 past 2 every day at the Monkey Bar Comedy website you can get tickets a fiver for midweek 7 pound of the weekend um, I'm loving this doing the hour long shows it's my first time doing hour long shows oh really it is, the best fun because you can lose them so much and you have time to get them back <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can go anywhere you like in the hour it's a yeah, beautiful yeah, thing it's so and it's fun, monkey man. barrel at home. i love that it's such a good venue yeah, yeah man big up the monkey barrel massive well done man yeah, i'll pop along exciting. and see you i think because i'm yeah, my stuff all of my stuff my stuff's not till the evening so great yeah, great i'll come and see you victoria thanks man been a pleasure no, thank you for having me i really fucking appreciate it mate nice one thanks mate thank you cheers no worries A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.